The Jerry DePoto Show, presented by Seattle Pump and Equipment on Seattle Sports Station. Yeah, and of course, this hour is driven by Waste Scarf Ford, Mike Salk Show, and of course, our opportunity to chat with the president of baseball operations for the Mariners, Jerry DePoto. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Mike. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, it's been a it's been a fun morning, and it seems like summer may have actually arrived, which is great. And it's fun watching uh, the team a little offensive explosion the last couple of nights. What happened? Uh, I would prefer that we not wait until Seattle summer arrives to <laughs> for our our I guess our combination of run prevention and run scoring <laughs> to to show up, but. No, maybe that's a maybe that's our thing. Is, is it took us a little while for this group to to come together, and and it's only been two days. But we've talked about this before. There were so many good things going on under the hood, and we were truly struggling just to score the run. And you know, and and we've done a much better job of that these last couple of days. For well, certain. sorry, go ahead. Uh, obviously, Jesse Winker is right in the middle of it in both of these games, and and as you look through the season, you know. He's been probably the most confounding from from the outside. What's changed? I mean, what is this? You know, are you hopeful this is now the new and real Jesse Winker? Well, I, I think you know we've seen the new and real Jesse Winker because there was a, a, a roughly five-ish year uh, story told from 2017 to the point where we acquired him where his performance was just phenomenal. And, and we got something very different than that for, for a little bit. And it, it takes players time. And, you know, it's the transition from the only organization you've ever known to a new spot in Seattle, the, the difference in the ballparks, a new clubhouse full of teammates. And, you know, it, it's, you never know what's going on in somebody else's life, but you know, what I've seen with Jesse these last couple of days is just simply that the this, this swing is a lot easier you know, he's not trying to create that speed. He's just going out there and whipping it. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it, it showed up. And, and I, I think his, his at-bats throughout this series have been great. And, and I'll also say this from a process standpoint, you know, he does lead the league in walks. And, and when, you, when you do as good a job as Jesse does of managing the strike zone, even when you're not hitting the way you're used to hitting, you know, that you have a good couple of days and all of a sudden you wake up on Thursday morning and you've got an OPS that's about league average, which is shocking when you think about some of the struggles he's had. But when you take your walks, it doesn't take a lot to get back to, you know, your, your water level. And, and hopefully this is the start of his climb. You know, we, we were talking a little bit about him earlier and I was thinking about him, just his personality. He's such a kind of effervescent fun guy, right? That's sort of the personality he brings, which obviously when you're hitting is great, but I, I would imagine there's a challenge there when you go through a, a slump like he did to start this year. If you come in happy and bouncing off the walls every day, do you get funny looks because, you know, you're you're you know, you're not performing up to that level. And if you change your personality and you come in all serious then you're not being you and all of a sudden you're 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 not true to yourself and people sense that. I wonder if it's a struggle for sort of a happy go lucky guy when you're struggling. Uh, it, it might be. And I and I think you hit on a number of points in there that do tend to surface in clubhouses and you know and, and, and I think that's one of the our root beliefs is just be who you are. And sometimes even then we, we can all get very judgy. And 
Uh, Jesse is. He's a he's a quirky, fun, personable guy, and and that might not play as well when you're not hitting. But but you still have to be you because my guess is that that personality was what allowed him to become, or part of that personality was what allowed him to become the hitter he's always been. And and you, you just can't you can't leave it behind. You know, it, it, it's it's not like a shirt that you can take off and, and leave on the bed. You your personality is with you. You wear it. And, and, uh, and I'm, I like Jesse. He, I think he's, he, he doesn't allow it to get to him, but you see it these last couple of months, it's, it's been boiling under the skin. And, and I think that's where you get the, the sense that he's caught in between is, is that, you know, he's struggling. He knows he's struggling. He's in a new environment and he's trying to recreate a personality that just is what it is. You know, you just have to let it go and be yourself. And maybe that's what's happened in these last couple of days. He's just letting it go. Baseball's so hard. I, I mean, it really, it's, it's it kind of, it really is. It's so interesting how these guys with different personalities, which can be their, their greatest strength can also be their biggest undoing. And, you know, Kelnick obviously with a very different personality than Jesse Winker, but I was thinking of all the conversations we've had about Jared and trying to get him to, you know, relax and, and, and just be confident and go with it and not grip the bat too tight. You know, it feels like anything can take you out in this game. It really can. But, but at the end of the day, almost all the dirt roads lead back to what you just said, which is grip the bat too tight. <laughs> they're just, they get there by different paths, but they, ultimately it comes down to just playing the game easy, allowing your, your body to be relaxed. And, and as soon as you tense up, whether it's because of extreme intensity or you know, the, 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 the attempt to recreate something, it's, it, that's what gets you is when you, when you apply that tension to the game and, and, each of us may feel it in a different way, but we all feel it. And, and it's, uh, it is, it's very hard. That's why it's so hard to play the game over 162 game season. And, and uh, what these guys do is just remarkable. Well, a uh, guy who sure seems to be gripping it nice and easy right now is Cal Raleigh. I mean, just the power he showed yesterday. He's a pretty strong dude, huh? And this is the version of Cal that we, you know, had, had, hoped for or, or believed evaluated along the way. And, and we're seeing it now. It, it, this is Cal's getting comfortable. And, and I've tried to think through the reasons why, and, and you and I have talked through over the course of the last year, especially some of the difficulties with, for young players transitioning to the major league level right now. But you know, this was Cal Raleigh throughout his minor league development. This was Cal Raleigh in college. This is why it took a little longer to get to, to Cal Raleigh in, as a big leaguer. I'm not entirely sure, but you know, he's, he's now been in the big leagues for about a year. And, you know, over the course of that year, he went through a three man rotation behind the plate. He was experiencing, you know, longer delays in between uh, opportunities, plate appearances, you know, his reps were just slower and you know, that's, that can't be easy. And uh, for a guy who's just generally played every day and, and right now with Murph on the IL, it gave Cal a little bit of runway and he took it and he, he made the position his own. And, and he really, he showed up and showed us who we always thought he was going to be, including the, the, what are, what I think are now are developing on field leadership skills where he's taking control of the game in ways that we hadn't seen in, in the months prior. It's funny you say it took him a little longer. I mean in theory it really didn't take him that long. As you said, he's he's only been in the league about a year. 
for a switch hitting catcher, that actually seems kind of fast to me. Right. And it's a, but that's the world that we live in is we want satisfaction now. Yeah. <laughs> I think, the, you know, we, uh, we, it's, it's uh, two weeks ago, we were coming off of four straight series wins and we're riding high, you know, and then for a week we lay an egg against a couple of good teams in a homestand. And then we go upside down uh, roughly against one player. <laughs> and, and it, it's amazing how quickly the theme can change, but the reality is, just like with Cal Raleigh, just like with Jared Kelnick or Jesse Winker, the talent is lying there. We just have to figure out a way to message it differently, to push it in a different direction. And just as easily as you have the bad week or 10 days, you can go out and have an exceptional week or 10 days. And then it makes, in a baseball season, those ebbs and flows make it seem so much different <laughs> than anything else you can, in, in sports really, just because of the, the rhythm and flow of playing every day. So, Jerry, what were those conversations like last week? You had the off day before uh, heading to Oakland. What were the conversations like leading up to and during that day? Uh, there are conversations. Frankly, we had two things. You know, one, we had to adjust the roster to adhere to uh, a rule change that was going to require us to to get to 13 pitchers maximum, which we did. Uh, and that wasn't an easy call to make. You know, we, we, we didn't know where Ken Giles was in terms of, you know, readiness from his, from his rehab. We did know that Sergio was struggling and, and he was a candidate to move along. And very quietly, you know, despite the fact that our bullpen has not been consistent, now there are a lot of guys down there that are doing very interesting things and, and you hate to lose them while they're cresting. And, and I'll say this right now, I think our pitching has generally done a, a wonderful job over the last three or four weeks. And uh, so those were part of our, our discussions was, were those roster moves, you know, and then in, in a broader perspective, we talked through the ways that we're struggling to score runs and how we can message to a team that has a good process. We're, our swing decisions are excellent. Our ability to get on base is very good. We're creating all kinds of opportunities we can't just walk in the middle of the room and say, guys, start getting a hit with runners on second or third base. It, it just, it's just not that easy. So we had a, a you know 90-minute session just as, as recently as Tuesday morning with, with coaches and, and, and staff. How can we change our messaging that, that in, in order to achieve this without making it uh, creating tension? Because if you create tension, it's only going to get worse. And, and, uh, you know, so far so good. It's a, whatever, whatever messaging has come from that. And I don't want to dig in the, in the weeds on it because then it creates more tension. <laughs> but I, I, I think so far it seems to, you know, I have hit the mark and a lot of the results that we've seen in the last two days, especially the direction in which we're heading the ball is, uh, is very encouraging that, that maybe we've, we've scratched out something that can be helpful at least for a little while. It's interesting to hear you say that, and I, I think about the job I do where we're talking on the radio and talking to fans and listeners, et cetera, fans of yours, listeners of mine. I'm not going to go so far as to call them my fans because that's not for, that's not even close, but, but they're frustrated, right? You talk to them on Monday, and people want heads to roll, and you know we sort of, as you said, we live in an instant society where the moment things go wrong, people want you know firings, et cetera. And, and what I hear you saying is that when things go wrong, you and Scott have enough of a relationship that you are working together to try to solve them and work through them. Without a doubt, I would say more than that. We've, we're constantly doing those things, and uh, and that's and that doesn't just go for me and Scott. It goes for 
just our baseball organization in general. I mean, there's, there is a trust. And you know, I, I've probably spent more time sitting on the couch in Scott's office to this point this season than I have at any other, in any other year that we've done this. Because this is the year, you know, I have to, the, Scott is the same manager who, who actually I think he's a little better than the manager who finished as a runner-up in the in the manager of the year voting last year. Is he is a stabilizer in our clubhouse? He makes good decisions at game time, and and you know what, Mike Trout did something that no other player has ever done in the history of baseball in a, in a five-game series. It's it's we're dealing with an awesome player. You don't walk him to get to the MVP. <laughs> that's a, that's easy to say after he's hit some homers, but uh, it's, it is, it, it is an instant society. Scott is still a good decision maker. This is still a good roster. We have to be patient to, to watch these guys evolve. And if you liked the way our roster looked headed into the season, there's really no reason to think otherwise. We're still young. We're still evolving. We don't have old players who are who are in their their final days we we have a young growth oriented roster and we have to make good decisions on how to bring that along and and i can't think of a better way to do it than constantly talk through the adjustments we need to make and rely on one another to to get there and and i and i think we're doing that we just might not be doing it at a pace that that is going to make every fan feel comfortable about the position we're in today so, so you bring up the idea of, of it being a young team, and obviously it is. Um, one thing I've been talking about a little bit over the last week is is maybe just what the presence of a little bit more veteran, some more veteran presence on the roster, what it can do for a team either through at bats or in the clubhouse. Is that something you would like to add to this group? Is is some more veteran leadership, veteran presence? It's part of the reason why we brought Justin Upton over. You know, it's uh, we obviously we would we would hope that that some of that comes from within. You know, eventually, and we've you know we've talked about this for for months now. Eventually, we will get some something back from from Mitch Haniger. We will get something back from Tom Murphy and and the the group that that we already have in house. But you know, bringing a guy like Justin in as we approach the deadline, are there there players you can add? You know, it's you find out as teams go along. We're not lacking in experience. We're we're young by by birth certificate, and frankly, our youngest players are not struggling. <laughs> they're they're doing quite well, and you know the we do have players that are in that you know four to six year major league experience uh, bucket who are having a tougher time you know, transitioning from the young guy to the the veteran guy, and and really that's when that. That, that metamorphosis occurs is is right about that time in your career when you've been around for long enough and you've been exposed to to enough mentors through time to start passing it along you know or paying it forward with some of the younger guys and i and and that's the stage that we're in you know we don't have a lot of the the 35 40 year old you know been around the league for 15 years variety and and that only got worse when we let Sergio go because I do think he brought a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a challenge trying to find the right mix in the clubhouse. And, you know, the best thing for developing leadership is winning games. It's, it's, it, it sounds counterintuitive, but you got new in games and energy starts to get higher and voices start to get louder. And, and, you know, when that confidence starts to, to, 
to to breed itself. It it really does start to permeate the entire team, and and you, we saw it last year in a magnificent way when you know when it it's it's four players, then it's ten players, then it's a roster that just believes they can do something, and and uh, hopefully we can get to that point again. Hey, uh, how's Matt Brash doing? He's doing great. You know, he had a rough uh, rough inning night before last, uh, and really the first one he's had. He was running 10 consecutive scoreless outings, and, and his fastball velocity jumped up to, you know, averaging north of 98 miles an hour with his fastball, and most importantly, hammering the strike zone. I think over, over a 10-inning stretch, he was 16 or 17 strikeouts versus two walks, which if we can get that, version of Matt Brash, he's going to be special in this role. And But most important with Matt is I think he's embracing the this what this could be for him and for his career. And I think he's enjoying the, the rush of pitching in meaningful situations at the back of the game. So very excited to see where it heads with Matt. Is he close? I uh, believe he was close the day we sent him out. <laughs> but the, now the challenge becomes with a 13-man pitching staff, you know, you, when you make room for Matt Brash, you're sending out someone else who's who's probably contributing pretty heavily because now this group is is uh, it's just a little tighter and and you know with guys like Diego and Seawalt, who I think you know Diego's been in a great place for for considerable period of time now, and and while the overall numbers don't support that because he had a rough time and and. May as he has been very good and nobody's more electric than Andres Munoz and we've seen it he's right now in a very good place you know, the performances of Eric Swanson and Ken Murphy it's it, there's it's a it's a sneaky good group and one that frankly we get hit on a ton with people coming at us with uh with pre-deadline or, or early deadline discussions and you know, moving them around to make room for Brash. At some point, when it's Matt's turn, you just create the spot. But right now, it, I don't know where that might be. Uh, and that's that's fun to say when the group has been very inconsistent. But there's a lot of talent in that, in that group. Uh, you mentioned some calls. Is that starting to heat up? I and mean, what does the trade market look like a little over a month before the deadline? You know, most of what you're seeing now is preemptive. It's teams calling to let you know what their general strategy is going in. And and I know you, you've heard me say it through the years. You know, our, our, our intent is always to go in and and focus on making this team better and, and our future rosters better. So, you know, if there is a chance, and you'll hear it from almost everybody in the league now, it's, you know, it's, it's the intent to try to, to – be opportunistic to to buy and sell to 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 be in position to maximize whatever opportunities come your way and and we're going to approach it that same way you know we would our intent is to be good and we want to be good now and and most especially we we don't want to do anything that pushes our goal line out into the future where we're here in the middle of what we think is going to be a, a sustained period of winning Hopefully we're getting some traction now and whether 2022 is our year or not, I can't tell you, but I know that this, the talent level on our roster demands that we view this team as a now team and, and continue to add to, to, to make 2023, 24 real opportunities for the Mariners as well as 22. Hey, you mentioned uh, getting beat by maybe one player in four out of five games. Is Mike Trout the best player you've ever seen? 
Uh, you know, it's funny you ask the question in that way. I asked that question to Justin uh, while we were sitting there uh, over the weekend. And, and uh, you know, I've gotten to see Mike a lot since he was 19 years old. And uh, he is, if he's not the best player I've ever seen, he's one of them. And uh, I can't think of anybody who can impact a game any more than, than Mike does in, in the many ways that he does. And, and, uh, and he's remained incredibly humble throughout all of it. But I, I think the, the most impressive thing about Mike is that there are insane expectations of, of his productivity and he delivers on them no matter. And, you know, it's, it, it is very hard when you're staring at him in the box and you're a right-handed pitcher who, you know, the ball he hit out of the ballpark on Diego Castillo. Humans don't hit that ball that far. It's just, it's a very good pitch. You know, the, the ball Tommy Malone threw him is six inches off the plate and, and, you know, over the weekend, it got to the point where you almost felt like like you were playing, you know, Kelly Leak in the Bad News Bears. <laughs> they, there was nowhere you could throw him. <laughs> and, uh, and and I don't think that it's, it's fair to say they put him on base, learn the lesson, because the next guy, if Mike Trout's not the best player you've ever seen, the next guy might be. <laughs> you know, it's a, the, there's, that, that, that makes it a very, you know, daunting duo in the middle of their lineup. And, uh, he's it, it's it, we're, he's going to finish among the, the handful of greatest players that's ever played the game and and I suppose based on what era you came from you may have an opinion as to which one is the yeah. best of that group but he's the best player of our generation and he's the best player today and you know and, and and we saw it up close and personal for five what I would think to be very painful days. Twenty four teams passed on him, including the Angels. It's so amazing. They had picks 24 and 25. They picked him with the second of their two picks. Now it's, it's, it's draft history is littered with stories. Like, like he's just the most. All right. Well, there you go. Jerry's phone finally quit.